Welcome to Beat It! Movie Reviews. I'm Assassin Joe Cabello, and this is Librarian Chris Soda. Now, if we were going to do... And this is Beat It, everybody. If we were going to do Space Jam as our featured review, it would have been I'm Warner Brothers property Joe Cabello, and this is basketball player trying his best at acting Chris Soda. <laughs> uh, that, maybe that's why my Gunpowder Milkshake one wasn't so inventive. Because <laughs> I thought of that one very quickly. But it's accurate. We are reviewing Gunpowder Milkshake, the new movie starring Karen Gillan and others on Netflix. Uh, Chris, how you feeling? Uh, pretty pretty good. Uh, today's my birthday, so, you know, very excited Solid. for my birthday podcast. I know this you planned it, a lot folks. for this podcast involving my birthday. I and did. I just really appreciate it. It comes out tomorrow, or your, your, your birthday, or this comes out tomorrow, and it won't be your birthday anymore, so I have bad news for you, Chris. Oh, true. As of the listeners, I don't think, maybe actually they'll get like a few hours of your birthday. Uh-huh. If they listen uh, for to the it podcast. Like right when it first comes out. Yeah, if I upload it at like 9 p.m. or something uh-huh. tonight, then they'll get it, but yeah, unfortunately you won't be able to celebrate alongside Chris. That's oh, okay, they can retroactively go back in time and celebrate now that they know or pause the episode and wait a year oh yeah true That's and then idea. listen listen to this episode a year from now and uh well because we definitely won't be recording on your birthday next year okay. we'll be below sea level we'll be <laughs> dead up in flames or up in water open water 2004 <laughs> Uh, let's get into what we've been watching, Chris. Why don't you kick it off? Because uh, I think he said off air, everybody, airing out his dirty laundry. He didn't watch all the shows this week. What did you watch? Uh, so I watched the one show that we both watch, the season finale of Loki. Get it. Yes. Episode six, the final one, but it is renewed, right? Yeah. They already announced, uh. Yeah, it's coming back for season two. Wow, so what did you think of the last episode and then the series as a whole? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was funny because last week I kind of offhandedly said how the internet basically suspects that it's... uh, 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 What's that guy? Yeah, the uh, Kang the Conqueror. And that's the same actor from... uh, that other show that was canceled on HBO, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and then it's just immediately yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it was just immediately that. Um, I thought, I don't know, It's it was cool. It's, it's just an interesting episode. But I think a lot of people had criticisms about it because they felt like it was all just um, kind of like an info dump of an episode where he's kind of just yeah. telling you everything at the end, like, and it kind of makes it almost feel like the their entire journey was just to hit the reset button. Yeah, it did feel like that. And it feels like this wasn't a season. It felt like the, the setup to season two. That's all it yeah. felt like. Whereas <laughs> um, the previous two Marvel shows, the Falcon, the Winter Soldier and... WandaVision, the season's actually, the, the ending felt like an ending that could also lead to more, but it felt like, oh, that all really meant something. 
Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, like, the first two series, it's like Wanda was kind of lost, and then it ends with her, like, realizing her true potential, but then also just being like, what is she doing now? Going to do next? I don't know. Whatever mm. I assume she would do after the last movie anyways. And then Captain uh, or Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it was like at the end of Endgame, you're like, okay, well, Falcon is Captain America now. And then at the start of the show, it's like, I don't want to be Captain America. And then at the end of the show, he's like, actually, I do. And then it's like, okay, so you're back to, I could skip Endgame or uh, the show and know where you are for after right. Endgame. <laughs> and then with this show, I'm just feeling like, I don't know where anyone is because if the universes are reset, it's like, is he not in the same universe as like the end game universe? Because he shouldn't be right. Cause it's like a branch yeah. path because, uh, they came back in time to his timeline to steal the, the stone and he got away. So that doesn't happen in the normal Marvel universe, but yeah, it's just, it's really like a, a brain fuck to be like where what does that mean all the movies are going to be their own timelines or something or like do they affect the timelines of the main plot and, or he has his own show timeline that is going to do its own thing separately from all the other shows and movies yeah and that's what we've talked about this like cosmic stuff in marvel that just yeah. gets so big that you're like okay this doesn't matter then uh-huh. you like one thing or the other doesn't have to matter Either it doesn't matter that, like, Captain America's saving a little kid, like, on the side of the road because it matters that a galactic ruler of the world is pulling the strings of everything. Or it doesn't matter that the galactic ruler is pulling the strings and it matters that he's saving the kid. It's one or the other. And I I'm, I have to just take the show as I'm not worried about what's going on with the MCU in it versus yeah. the, the uh, previous two. It was like, okay, we're going to see how this plays out in the rest of it. But yeah, this one almost feels separate. Uh, and I, I felt pretty underwhelmed by it and uh-huh. how it ended. It yeah. felt like the last episode was a bigger like choice, a bigger moment. And then this, the, thing, the way uh, and the things it unraveled, I don't think it did them justice like Loki and uh, the variants relationship, it just didn't quite hit the crescendo that mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't feel it as much as I think it deserved. And maybe that is because most of it's just this info dump in front of King the Conqueror, who he, it's a very good and fun character. I think he's playing it really great. Yeah, definitely. It was like a silly weirdo or something. Yeah, just like a psycho but, that's lived way too long. So he's like, he doesn't know how to act normal. And uh, it's, yeah, like, because the thing is, like, it's fun, but the way that it ends, I I just want to know, like, is this ending for season two? And we don't have to worry about involving it at all with the movies. Because I kind of feel like that's, that is ultimately what it will be. But I feel like a lot of the hype and momentum of it is like, how is this going to affect everything else? Wow, that's crazy. See, people, the shows really do affect the movie universe. And you're like, uh, mm. we'll see, you know. 
Yeah, and do we even want that? I don't really yeah. want that. I don't think that makes things necessarily stronger at this juncture, at least, of where we are with everything. Yeah. Like, and we also haven't it's even like, started phase two of movies. If it's just the, sh- the show that it affects, I just feel like it's such a huge cliffhanger for what that means for the next season that we're not going to get for so long. That's like, mm-hmm. damn, okay. A show doing, like, a hard-ass cliffhanger like that, that's pretty crazy for a season finale. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, one that also ties into a whole other world. So, I kind of yeah, the TVA just seems so separate. Like, whatever that timeline is, I hope it stays its own thing. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is like, there the characters are having this dilemma of like, oh, should we just take control of the TVA ourselves? And you know, Sylvie's like, no, we should do free will, and it's like. Well, what about, like, we just say yes, and then we go back on it later? Like, why not? So we'll get our bearings <laughs> and understand what's going on, and then we can decide fuck it later. Like, Yeah, let's he, just, like, keep no tr- rolling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say, although I really loved all the previous episodes, this kind of ended weekly for me. Yeah. Um didn't yeah. didn't make me all too excited for the next season, even though I want to know what's going on. Uh-huh. I'm not excited about it because I'm like, yeah. okay, what's this all just like lead up to kind of nothing? Time stuff is tricky because everything can get reset or kind of made so messy that it takes forever to fix it or gets fixed immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we'll see, <laughs> but I, I was disappointed. Yeah, because like like I was saying, it's like it it makes you question what's going to happen next, but in a way that you have no idea what could is really going to happen. So like, you don't know if you should anticipate like good or bad or whatever, mm-hmm. which it kind of makes it like lose that momentum of like I need to see what happens next. You're like, well, I guess anything can happen now. Okay. Yeah, too open ended. Yeah, it's like the thing uh, on the opposite side of things. If it ended with like a gun to the back of Loki's head and the finger about to pull the trigger. You're like, well, I know the only thing that's going to happen is someone's going to stop the bullet because he's not going to die immediately in the next episode. So this isn't an interesting cliffhanger for me to wait two years for. And on the opposite side of things, you have something where it's like, oh, now this world can be anything. You'll see what it is. You're like, okay, it's too big. Yeah. Too many branching paths. Dendritic. Very no, dendritic. No Owen Wilson on a goddamn jet ski. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the sound we... of the jet ski. <laughs> as he rides it. <laughs> um, that's Loki. Uh, kind of ended on a whatever note, but it was a fun journey along the way. And we'll keep eating up MCU stuff. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Although I'm kind of, I am getting in the phase where I'm like realizing not just with Marvel, but anything, you know, it's like, there's this excitement. If something's based off a property period, like if it's a comic book property, it's always like, there's so much hype to it that I think everybody who's not even interested in that property or even that publisher that it came from is like, Oh yeah, I'm going to see that. And I'm just, kind of 
done with getting wrapped up in that and being like, you know what? I'm not stoked for this random DC or Marvel movie because I don't know anything about the character and the trailer's got to impress me to get me excited about it. I'm not just going to fucking be excited anymore. Mm -hmm. Choosing not to be happy. (laughs) I mean, I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel that way about the Eternals. The trailer for that. Uh yeah, yeah, a thousand percent that falls into it. Yeah. And I don't even know if it'll be a good or bad. It just is a thing where I'm like, the Eternals now? Like, come on. I, I don't know what they... I've never heard of them in my fucking life before this. <laughs> so uh-huh. why am I going to... Oh, they're Marvel, so it must be cool. Yeah. Just because it got Kumail Nanjiani on human growth hormone, I'm supposed to want to see it? I mean... That is that is pretty enticing, but yeah, I get it. I agree. But moving on, let's talk about what else we've been watching other than low key. We watch quite a few of the same things, uh, oh. which is either great for the audience or not great. Maybe it's <laughs> killing us, but I think it definitely helps. Let's see, Fear Street sixteen sixty six. Did you watch it? Yes. Dude. Yeah, let's talk about that next. Uh, this is the third movie in the Fear Street saga. They've been doing a movie a week for the past three weeks, starting with Fear Street 1987, 1984, Fear Street 1774, or 18, 1974, and now Fear Street 1666, all taking place in the same story, but uh, storyline, but uh, flashing back for prequel type stuff. This one, uh, 1666, long time ago. Fun number, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Irish accents. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is some, And I, is I think hilarious. some some with no Irish accent at all. Like, some were like, yeah. I, I can't, I can't. And they're like, uh, okay. It's like the characters who knew they were going to die pretty early on did the Irish accent. And then the others gave it up. Uh, but what did you think about the conclusion? I... Coming into the the series as a whole, I was just confused with how they were going to do three parts to the same story, and I thought it would it would be boring if they started with the most recent one, then kept going further and further in the past, just because it's like I don't want to see the whole story and then be explained it full circle with like the the origin. Yeah. What I didn't realize is that this movie's two hours. The first hour is them in 1666, but then the entire second hour is them back in their present day, 1994 mm-hmm. or 1996. I forgot what year. One of them. The 90s. We'll the say 90s, the, yeah. is it the 80s? It's, it might be it's the 90s. It's the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so yeah. So you say. <laughs> um, so I, I just really liked that aspect of it and thought that was like the coolest part. But, uh, and I was also glad that the 1666 story was only an hour long. Cause it was like, I've seen this movie a million times. Yeah. I didn't love, there was some of that. I really loved like, uh, her getting her hand cut off. Yeah which was super brutal and uh, also explained a lot of the stuff, the, the body parts and the, that started it all. 
so I thought that was cool. But yeah, it, it wasn't my favorite uh, of the time period set pieces. Um, but I did think the killing of all the children and gouging out their eyes was pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. Like, we were talking last week about how brutal it is, and that was definitely... Yeah, the worst. Pretty intense, sure. yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I also... I just really liked the way they wrap up the story, and they, like... I guess, literally, they game the system of, like, okay, this is how the curse works. This is how we can fight back against it and, like game the system by using the blood against them because mm-hmm. the monsters are blind to it essentially so that that whole aspect and idea was really cool and fun to see play out in a mall fight i love any mall type of fight so that was that was great too yeah especially when they rig all the overhead lights to be black lights instead of uh, regular fluorescent with, lights with shining yeah, glowing ink and stuff yeah, everywhere. Just, but yeah, all style. Very cool. I thought. I thought. I just some surprise. I was not expecting this series coming up. Like I wasn't even anticipating it. I was like, "Oh, Fear Street, whatever." It's just going to be like the uh, Goosebumps movies and that uh, scary stories. Yeah. Like not Which caring are at all. Good. Yeah, and was pleasantly surprised by the level of like r ratedness this takes and even when they say like based on rl stein you'd think they'd be like oh we can't do that we can't go this far with rl stein property but they're like yeah fuck it yeah the fact that the uh, lesbian romance is the centerpiece of the whole storyline and it's not hidden it's not like just coded or anything it's like a straight up lesbian centerpiece where they're out and everything and just about this asshole one asshole family (laughs) who just kills people constantly just to keep their small shitty power in this town i think there's a lot to say with these movies i think that the trifecta of it being three movies Uh it is like because i don't think any of them work on their own uh you know there's too much tied into everything else but you also like they don't work on their own period unlike other movies that do have trilogies yeah those movies end and they're like there didn't doesn't need to be an ending or a, Mm -hmm. a a twist or cliffhanger ending yeah. Uh, so I do think that's a bit of a a downside of some of the I don't know maybe emotional heft in some of the stories. But that being said, who cares? The kills are fun. The characters are fun. So I'm a big fan of the series. I hope they keep doing it. I know the director uh, recently was quoted to saying they'd love to make it the like the MCU of horror movies. Okay. Which I I don't I wonder what that really means. Yeah. Anyway, like I don't know if I need to see more about the this witch or this curse. You well, know, I mean, maybe that just means. Yeah, oh, like I'd imagine. The are the Fear Street books are they all just about the same 
this curse that they got rid of in this book in this movie because it's like no clue. there's like a giant book that they have right that's supposed to be the whatever like book mm-hmm. of the dead or whatever the necronomicon of their universe yeah. so i'm just curious if it has like just all kinds of curses and whatnot so they can kind of do other smaller stories or something like that in the same yeah or if it is you know that whole thing of oh yeah here's some other paranormal thing from fear street and then eventually they're all they'll all meet up and form a super team to stop an even greater evil something like that and they they decide oh we're gonna call our team fear street and they're like why Oh, the first one to die, Sarah Fear. And they're like, well, her name wasn't spelt with an A. It was with an I. (laughs) And then they just look around awkwardly and go, oh, well. It makes sense. Makes sense to us. Let's all go home and have a barbecue. Every movie like this, it should have ended with a barbecue. Yeah. And, like, they're panning around, and it's like, all the the creatures that went to kill them too are there eating with them. Yeah, they're and they're like, making jokes about their big forehead. Yeah, <laughs> you wear that bag over your head to cover that big forehead. <laughs> He's got the, you there. The like kid is barbecuing with the baseball bat. He's using it to like move the stuff on the grill, <laughs> and it's like human parts. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Fear Street sixteen sixty six. Big fan. I hope they continue to do things with this uh what would you say mentality whatever their uh that's not the word but <laughs> well whatever that specific style yeah they're kind of like retro aesthetics they're like you know their era movies it was like 90s movie 70s mm. slasher and old school and bloody uh, which brutal and bloody style yeah uh, I, there's a couple lines though in that are like, there was a line that I really loved where they pull up to the one dude's house who was arrested before, and the kid is just like, "Want to kill Sheriff Good?" And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. "I'll get my coat." So sick. <laughs> and then also, yeah. uh, there's like a scene where the kid cocks a super soaker, but they use the gun cocking sound effect. And I was just like, "Oh, oh I yeah. missed that. That's sick." <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah. The other thing, one other thing about that, I think is so funny in these horror movies where they need to collect blood. They always cut like the palm of their hand. They like slice into the palm of their hand with a knife. And you're like, that is like the worst place to cut, man. You're going to feel that forever. Like, yeah, tactically, this is bad. Yeah. It's like, can you cut like the outside of like your arm your forearm or something you know something that you're not rubbing against stuff at all times yeah that's gonna affect your grip strength yeah (laughs) yeah maybe it's uh maybe there's something in the spell that we didn't see (laughs) must be from the palm of your hand so there we go fear street um chris what else you've been watching uh so i actually watched another horror movie this week uh crazy yeah yeah crazy um it's called the scary of 61st oh and it's a horror movie uh that basically is about two women that live in new york and they move into the pr- 
a house that was previously owned by Jeffrey Epstein. And it's also haunted by Jeffrey Epstein, basically. <laughs> um, it's like a, it's an indie movie and it's very much in the style of like Sam Raimi and David Lynch. If they had like a baby. Oh, interesting. That's what this movie is. It's very, it's got, it has like very, um, a lot of like sex scenes too. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was pretty crazy. It's not really good, but it's one of those movies that's like really ridiculous and worth watching with friends because you end up laughing a lot of the times because of how over the top Mm. it gets. But, uh, the premise alone feels like it's, it makes it worth seeing. Yeah. Yeah. The premise alone. Awesome. Um, you know, one of the characters basically is haunted by this ghost and they just throughout the movie mentally regress into a child, basically like a sex trafficked child. Oh my gosh. And it's very insane. Yeah. So that's oh, just a little, no. a little bit of, of that movie, but I guess it's, it's produced. It's directed by, uh, this this woman who my friends who wanted me to watch with them they listened to her podcast she has a podcast called uh, the red the red scare um, is it, what kind of podcast is it I think it's just like it just talks about general general uh, pop culture and like politics and all kinds of stuff mm, okay yeah but um the the two women that are in it they i think they both wrote and one of them directed it and i believe one of the people that stars and directs wrote direct and starred in it she's going to be in the next season of succession also so she's like okay. up and coming an actress in terms yeah of acting an actress as well as the director and writer yeah yeah uh, but yeah very uh, crazy movie like, from the premise, when you watch it, you're like, this is pro- pretty much what I expected this to be like. And in that sense, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre. I hadn't heard much about it until uh, our friends had brought it up recently uh, yeah. to watch it with you. Um, strange, yeah. I definitely thought I would have heard something on Twitter about it. I've actually yeah. not been on Twitter very much lately. Not as okay. much as usual. Yeah, because uh, when I when we watched this movie, we all thought, "Oh, you would definitely enjoy watching this movie." Yeah, I think I'll so, I'll try to remember to put it on a list of things to watch. For sure, as best I can. Um, yeah, I'll talk about a horror movie I saw what? recently. I saw The Call. This is uh, the movie with Tobin Bell is in it. And, oh yeah, you uh, saw that. Also, Lin Shay. Yeah, is it on Shutter? It's, it's on Shutter. Yeah. Uh, in the fall of oh, 1987, a group of small town friends must survive the night in the home of a sinister couple after a tragic accident brings them to the couple's door. And this is a movie where you see the uh, you may have seen the trailers where they basically have to answer this phone and talk to someone who's dead. Apparently, so. 
I was very interested and excited to see this movie, you know, what a year or two ago when we saw the trailer and saw Tobin Bell's in it. That's great. Like, just look like my type of horror movie. Uh, I did not like this movie. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I think I saw people uh, generally did like it. Um, some of the horror community, but it, it's not very well reviewed here on IMDb from what I'm seeing. But my problem with this movie is they don't even get to the place you see in the trailers, you know, of them like being in the home uh-huh. on the phone until over halfway through the movie. Oh, okay. And then those sequences are pretty much the the scary parts. Everything else isn't necessarily scary before that. Just a lot of like setting up. Huh. So it felt so imbalanced. I felt like they should have been at the house, you know, 25, 30 minutes in. Yeah. And it should have been about those scares. What I think at the same time, no, that's not true because there wouldn't be enough to do once they're there. Uh, and I don't think there's the emotional gut punches that come uh Thanks to like you having been with these characters for half the movie beforehand uh-huh. and like learned their backstories or at least teased out a lot of the backstories. Uh, it wasn't enough to like warrant that and be like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, they spent that time with the characters. It just didn't do that for me. Yeah. Uh, so and there's kind of a twist that with one of the characters that is just kind of like, you know, pretty early on it's just not confirmed (laughs) uh so i really wouldn't recommend it i it's not all bad i think um there's some good performances in it but yeah it almost feels like there's probably a version of this movie that's just like much shorter and maybe doesn't uh doesn't feel like a movie at all but at least like just gets to the good parts um, which even the scare parts weren't particularly uh, anything that okay that's a bummer I liked yeah um, yeah like I said it's it's definitely not all bad I think there's uh, the it's just the pacing of the script really and you can't f- fix that you know yeah. it's not performances how, or vibe so how how does it work like they get they could answer this phone and then they get killed through the phone or what essentially like they're it it takes them to hell basically and they're they're essentially dead and like they're never gonna leave the house they've been cursed okay so they're just kind of stuck there imagine if the phone is it is it the phone that's like the magical thing or is it like the house uh, it's more just the the lady, okay, who cursed it or made a, essentially a deal with the devil, I believe. Uh, okay, man, and the, it takes place in eighty seven. That the devil's going to be so much more powerful when cell phones become popular. He's like, he's <laughs> like, I got an upgrade for you, lady. And she's like, what is this? He's like, you can take this out out and about now. And she's like. Excuse me, can you uh, talk to this man for me on the phone? I'm trying to get directions. And then just oh, you're killing in hell. people on the road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or but, uh, yeah. There is good reason why she's doing it, too. So, yeah. It, 
I just don't. I think it's a background to watch for sure if you're going to okay. watch it. <laughs> like a deep background watch. Damn. Uh, that's the call that is on Shudder. If you watched it and enjoyed it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. At me, at Joe Cabello. Uh, what else have you been watching, Chris? Yeah, actually, I just was reminded when we were talking about that that there's a part, there's a thing about Fear Street that we keep forgetting to talk about each week. Uh, and that's where Fear Street takes place. Oh, I know. We talk about it after the end yeah, yeah. of every episode. Yes. Uh, the one Shady Town, right? Yeah, Shady Side. That's what you're talking about? No, I'm kidding. Shady Side. <laughs> and then the other town is Sunnyvale. Yeah. Why is that important? Uh, well, I think any of our li- the <laughs> listeners actually know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I but believe you us. you grew up in Sunnyvale, California, mm-hmm. right? Yep, hometown. And, and I grew up uh, right next door in Santa Clara, which is the shady side of Sunnyvale. So, you know, so there's a one of us duality to this sh- <laughs> this this series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it, it's pretty cool to hear your town used. <laughs> in such yeah, it's, a way. it's just funny to see like the signage <laughs> and stuff where it says Sunnyvale, and it's like, whoa! I, it, it's what a waste of time for them to actually film on location here. A sign saying Sunnyvale, well, they yeah, could post the it classic anywhere. Sunnyvale sign. Yeah, the one we all in our lush forests. <laughs> yeah, the lush forest grounds of Sunnyvale and campgrounds. The lush uh, arcades and golf lands of Sunnyvale. Uh, tilt. Shout oh, out yeah. to... Uh, that was more... Uh, was that not more Mountain View, but... Cupertino. Anyways, Cupertino. Yeah, we're getting deep in the weeds <laughs> of uh, Bay Area uh, cities. Uh, but yeah, Fear Street, we do have a deep connection to it. So please send us some uh, we, Fear Street merch that says well, Sunnyvale we, on it. <laughs> we should have... Uh, put that disclaimer when we first started reviewing it because obviously we have uh yeah we're We're gonna just say nice things (laughs) oh shit i just saw the call it takes place in sunnyvale i i love that movie (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so another thing that i watched this week was i watched season two of i think you should leave Oh, yes. I was going to talk about that last week, but I saved it. Okay. So, cool. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Um, what did you think of season two? Yeah, it just it's it's just great. I really appreciate Netflix um, letting Tim Robinson do this kind of, like, Adult Swim, Tim and Eric style show format of, like, yeah. let's do just a couple quick sketches. It's Each episode is, what, 15 minutes? You're yeah, only 15 minutes. There's only six episodes, so it's like this is basically just a comedy movie special of sketches. Mm-hmm. You start watching the first episode, and by the time you know it, the fucking the last episode's already over. Yeah, I I haven't watched all of it because oh. I I think I've watched the first three or four, definitely three, but maybe four, and um, because I was like, holy shit, I've been really going through this too fast (laughs) like i don't want to and then i haven't watched it since because i've just been like afraid of 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 not ending it being gone yeah like i don't want it to be gone because i the 
I love this season even more than the first. Uh, at least so far with these sketches. They're just like tickling me so pink. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, do you have any standouts? Uh, I ju- There's one sketch where he gets, he's on like a prank show and he gets dressed up to look like an old man. And he keeps talking yeah. about how no one will recognize him. But then once he's in the costume, he looks terrible. And he just is screaming that he doesn't want to do it. And he wants to take the mask off. And everyone's his producers are trying to tell him to stay in the in costume. And it took so long to make. Yeah, it's like really bad, overly <laughs> layered arm uh, prosthetics, everything. Yeah, that one was really funny. I uh, I think it's... Actually, I don't know which episode. The third, maybe, where he's on a tour of a haunted hotel. Yeah. And they say, hey, it's the uh, the adult tour, so we can say whatever the hell we want. And then <laughs> Tim Robinson just starts saying, like, "Bucket, big buckets of cum. He's <laughs> like, excuse me? And, like, horse cock, uh, right? You this said is... we could say whatever we are. Yeah, horse. I'm just trying to say big horse cock, buckets full of cum. Uh, yeah, season two. Great. Go check it out. If you haven't seen it at all, it's just really uh, weird and funny sketch comedy. But I would say even for those who like are a little turned off by the weirdness of Adult Swim stuff or Tim and Eric, I yeah. think it is more palatable than that. Yeah, definitely. It's like the way that Tim and Eric does their stuff, everything is like 10 seconds long and then it moves on to something like instantly. But at least with this show, it's like they're like three minute skits, two minute sketches. Like mm-hmm. they're not these like super, super short blink and you'll miss it kind of bits. And I feel like they do tend to make a point where some just straight random weird humor doesn't like the sketches do yeah. like kind of pick apart a very um, awkward social behavior. Yeah. And just yeah. ratchet it up. So I think anybody can see, like, the universality with some of these sketches, despite the fact that they're so weird. It's just that the heart of them is something that's pretty real. Yeah, it's, like, very simple. Like, what if there was a guy that spent all of his work, his money from the work that he's supposed to spend on lunch on expensive shirts instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the per yeah, or like, what if there was a guy that had to go to a meeting but was supposed to eat lunch, so he does tries to eat lunch at the same time as a meeting by sneaking it in? Yeah. Oh yeah, when he's like uh, hot dog, he's like eating a hot yeah. dog in his sleeve of his jacket, and he's just like <laughs> laying on a desk pretending like he's he has a headache. trying to hide it. Yeah, it's it's very awkward social situations. So go check it out. Um. Anything else about the do you or I think you should leave? Uh, that's it. Cool. I want to talk about the Korean movie I watched this week for uh, Korean movie night. This is one that came out in 2021 called Ashfall. And I think it might have been out in theaters a couple months ago or uh, I'm not sure when because I remember really wanting to see it, uh, but I didn't get a chance. Now it's out for rent. Stagnant since 1903 at an elevation of 2,744 meters. I don't know why that's important. A volcano erupts on the mythical and majestic Bakdu Mountain. 
so that's a horrible description from IMDb. Uh, <laughs> I'm even sad I read that. It just doesn't make it very exciting. But this is a movie where a uh, volcano does happen in Korea and is basically going to wipe out all of Korea. But a scientist says, uh, if we go and we blow up near where the like the the pit of lava is, if we make an explosion, it'll release the pressure and it won't blow up. But they have to sneak into North Korea and steal nukes and then infiltrate through North Korea and go into a mine to blow it up. So... I thought it was just going to be a straight disaster movie, but it's like a action spy like, espionage. Yeah, movie. it's going to be like espionage and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, but it it's strange because the team that goes, it's like a bunch of army guys and then a bunch of bomb experts, like bomb diffusers, uh-huh. and they're kind of like they're not played like uh, the Hurt Locker bomb diffusers where they're like badasses they're kind of regarded as the nerds of the police right okay yeah uh so they get uh all the soldiers get killed in a plane crash and it's just them so they have to do the mission shit and that's kind of the but there's this weird like mix of comedy and action where you're never quite sure if the main character's a badass or not it kind of just depends on whatever the scene needs so that was a little weird uh But overall, the movie is just ridiculous, but it's not very good. But I do just love the premise (laughs) of needing to steal a nuke from North Korea. Yeah. And then blow it up to stop a volcano. (laughs) That sounds wild. It's really wild. Um, So go check it out. It is basically, you know, along the lines of your Hollywood blockbuster here, like um, Skyscraper with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like this is the Korean Probably version produced of by those the same movies. People, too. Could be. <laughs> the Suk is in it, so. Oh hell yeah! Uh, but he's so wasted. He's like a scientist uh-huh. who oh, is just scientist. at a desk the whole time, not even uh, alcoholic. Wasted. Just like... That's what you mean by wasted. Okay. Oh no! Yeah, not yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> alcoholic. Potential. His character is wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I think I wouldn't recommend it to go out of your way, but if you're um, looking to see what a Korean blockbuster is, a modern Korean blockbuster, I think oh, this yeah. is kind of a, a fun movie to watch and be like, okay, imagine if now this is The Rock or like Chris Pratt is one of these main characters. This is essentially uh-huh. what you're looking at with this movie. Um, and it's got the, the fun premise to back it up. Yeah, even the the poster on IMDb says it's the biggest Korean disaster blockbuster ever. Ever, yeah. So, and it has Lee Lee Byung Hun in it, who is uh, Storm Shadow in GI Joe. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of uh, great movies. Yeah, uh, a lot of great Korean movies. He's he's a, a legend. So yeah. Definitely worth watching for that. I don't know what actor he's like the Tom Cruise wow. of Korean cinema. True. Madong Suk is the uh, the Rock, the Dwayne Johnson. Oh yeah, definitely. So there, it's totally like a, this movie is like the Fast and Furious of Korean movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that's Ashfall. Go check it out for rent on Amazon Prime or whatever you can get your movies. Chris, what else have you been watching? Awesome. Um, let's see here. Uh, we both saw a movie in theaters this week. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm and I'm gonna lay it down right now for everybody. I'm trying to go back to seeing a movie in the theater a week, whether it's uh, a movie for the podcast or not. You know, because we're seeing a lot of streaming stuff. I do like doing our feature reviews on streaming stuff, just so it's more accessible too. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's fun but that i'm laying the gauntlet down and that's why i saw this movie this week chris what is it uh i don't know uh pig have you seen we saw pig <laughs> i nicholas cage that, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh so i saw pig yeah um yeah starring nicholas cage uh it's got alex wolf in it he's part of the uh you know you remember may remember alex wolf from hereditary Jumanji and uh, the Naked Brothers Band back in the day. And old. Coming up. Oh, yeah. uh, He's going to be an old as well. Dude, him him and his brother, man, they're just getting cast in, like, all the good indie stuff, huh? Yeah, they're really getting a lot of work. Uh, Good for them. But, yeah, this this movie, I got the... The the Disney, uh, you know, starting off through Disney, you just, you're set for life. Oh, I didn't know. He did start in Disney. The Naked Brothers Band, dude. It's some, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't. I never knew anything about that. That sounded really inappropriate as a title. Oh, it's Nickelodeon. Okay, see, that's where I'm. Wrong. Naked Brothers Band. It's a Nickelodeon show, but it was like them, and they're like a band or something. I don't know. We're we're too old to have watched that, but yeah, I didn't. I never watched it. There's posters. I just just remember hearing about it and being like, that sounds inappropriate for a children's show. Yeah, like, can you not? Yeah, oh, yeah, no wonder they're in everything. Yeah. That's how they get their start. Fuck these guys. Uh, (laughs) But I have the IMDb synopsis. A truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland and search for his beloved foraging pig after she's kidnapped. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what this movie's not, because I think we both agree there's a bit of a marketing problem with this movie. Yeah, the marketing is misleading, I think. Yeah. So what we have here is what I think is a really great movie, but it was marketed as John Wick, Taken, or Mandy, especially, with a pig. Revenge, getting revenge for the pig and i think mandy probably didn't help you know thinking i think that was one of the most the recent major nick cage releases that like broke out to uh, popular audiences uh-huh. despite it being nation weird because he's yeah. just been done so many movies between the primal wally's wonderland but like yeah. that one really i think got some steam that was the first one where people were like have you seen it? It's actually good. And everyone's like, what? Really? And, you know, yeah, exactly. But I will yeah, give credit that, to Mom exactly and Dad. Right. That movie was pretty good. Yeah, Mom and Dad is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not. I don't think... It, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it like I would Mandy, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, it's not the same. It's just like somewhere better than The Call. 
but yeah, so this, I think we both kind of went into it thinking it might be that. You a little less so, because I think you may have read about the some reviews or snippets yeah, about the movie. Yeah, I just watched, I just like, went in blind. snippets of reviews. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell it before we get into like what we thought of it. I was in the theater with it wasn't a packed theater, maybe like nine or ten people, and it's one of the smaller ones. And right when it ends, the like group in front of me, one of the guys says like, "Well, that was what that was a snooze fest." And I was like, "Oh no," because they look like a young group who wouldn't go see. Uh, like contemplative drama <laughs> yeah at all and they're just talking about it and then this group outside in the halls were looking at their phones being like it says thriller well it says thriller drama but oh <laughs> man and people were audibly talking about the fact that they thought this was going to be an action movie uh-huh. and it wasn't at all and honestly if you did and let's say you're someone who like was would never watch a contemplative drama. Yeah, this movie sucks. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Luckily, I I I was I'm someone who does would want to see that. Uh huh. But as I was watching it, there came a point after he didn't kill the crackheads or uh-huh. do anything to them. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not an action movie. Like, yeah, it was like you were. That I was in the same space where I was going into it thinking there's going to be minimal action. There's going to be maybe something, a, a, a few short bursts of something violent, but nothing like gory or like super gory or glamorous mm-hmm. in that sense. You know, it's like I thought it was going to be very minimal. But yeah, going through it's like, oh, OK, no, nothing at all in that in that field. Yeah, and it does kind of fake you out because there is the fight club scene, yeah. which isn't much of a fight club necessarily. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not that at all. But that being said, I think Nicolas Cage was doing some of his best work. It was really good stuff in this. I think it's a really amazing movie. Yeah, And I would even want to see it again now, just kind of knowing I can just soak up whatever it is and not expect like, Oh, is there going to be one final like breakout of violence that I'm not expecting? And and now I can just enjoy it. Um, Really fun. Yeah. What did you think of what it was? Yeah. Well, one thing I was also going to say is one of my friends also heard someone when we were done with the movie, tell their partner, wow, I can't believe like, what was that movie? We should have saw, I knew we should have saw space jam. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah similar it's really amazing to see hear so many people have the same reaction yeah. to a movie that they went and saw yeah um yeah so i i also liked it a lot i was going it into it thinking it was going to be a more emotional journey of a movie so it, it was pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is just like a pleasant movie, pleasant drama, you know, that's kind of about loss and love and the importance of memories, of good memories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and it it's 
a lesson about the the age old uh, statement or whatever of like the best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Yeah, great ending, like set piece. Yeah, it's like it's like that's the fight scene is a mm-hmm. is a cooking and eating scene. You're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really special movie that I think we'll probably do better with time. Uh-huh. Uh, and I do notice, like, of the projects or movies that I've seen uh, of these, like, smaller indie stuff that Nick Cage has done in the recent years, yeah, you can sort of see uh, a thread of what they all, like, have. They're very, like, sparse. There's no... Uh, exposition for things uh, they're very quiet he just seems to really want to do these movies that don't explain things and uh that's not said in a negative way you uh-huh. know like they just really let you do the work and put it together and i seeing that taste in what he does um like wally's wonderland that we watched uh-huh. or willie's wonderland yeah i think it's a very similar movie just it's more it's violent and ridiculous yeah. but as far as like his role in it uh-huh. there are there's yeah, something similar true. there and um i'm forgetting what other movie comes to mind where it was uh like that but yeah well it's even, just kind of cool even in mom and dad it's very similar like he's just there to do his acting and he kind of gets to do whatever he wants mm-hmm. and it take it at his own pace kind of there's no big storyline about some crazy world-altering disaster or something like that. Yeah, and he's not doing his Nick Cage thing. Yeah, you know, he's where like a, I, more of a reserved mm-hmm. person. Although he's done some great recent roles, like The Color Out of Space. He's pretty gnarly in that movie. Oh yeah, I, um, I and that's fun. That. Okay. But uh um yeah, just seeing him do that it's, it's definitely interesting. Respect to the man. That's a good meatball. Uh I've been I watched any other things about Pig actually? Uh <laughs> that's that's it for Pig. What could you say about Pig? Um I don't think I watched anything else. Uh, nothing I can't save for next week uh, for the Dave along. What else have you been watching? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get to watch Dave, yeah. Yeah, yeah we so could I save that. I got to miss... I had to miss Dave this week, and I had to miss uh, the season finales of Betty and Lisey's story because we were watching all these movies, and I had a busy weekend. Oh. But uh, I I just have the last two movies that we watched this week left. If that's what you have left. Oh, right. Yeah, I totally forgot about uh, Space Jam. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Space Jam because I watched that as well. For some reason, I think I deleted it off my list (laughs) uh, when we didn't do the, which we got the feature review for it. But Space Jam, The New Legacy. All right. Chris, what did you think about Space Jam? Did you see it in theaters or HBO Max? I, I watched it on HBO Max. All right. Where I could uh, easily ignore it in the background as it played on my, <laughs> on my screen. No, but 
I thought it's pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, it's very much just like a a very crazy visuals kids movie made for like very right and when, kids. When's the last time you saw the first one? Years, decades at this point. Yeah, I, I saw it. I was a kid, like eight years ago or so. Uh-huh. And I do remember distinctly it it just didn't hold up. It wasn't good. Uh-huh. And before that, it was like when it came out was the last time I saw it. So yeah. just knowing that, I was like, okay, there's no way this is going to be good. <laughs> well, like the fact that they don't have like the soundtrack to match the original soundtrack is already mm-hmm. like one giant check mark off of the like bullshit sequel they don't have yeah. like the space jam theme song yeah like how do they not have that kind of important yeah that song is still played today yeah you go to basketball games they're playing all the time okay i can understand them not omitting r kelly from the soundtrack but <laughs> the main theme please um but yeah, it's it is essentially just if Ready Player One and Space Jam had a baby, that's this movie, and it's just yeah. uh, WB like flexing their fucking IP cock and showing off all their different mm-hmm. franchises. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is exactly what we thought it would be. Uh, I think it's pretty ludicrous and stupid and the fact that movies still don't care to understand how video games actually work (laughs) yeah is really crazy because i i understand when i watch movies from the 80s and 90s and let's even say the early 2000s you're like okay it makes sense the people who are writing these movies and directing them they are actually they're older and they didn't grow up with games the way we did. Uh-huh. That's why they get written and just it doesn't make any sense. This will naturally fix itself over time. Yeah, but it doesn't. And this movie it definitely doesn't. And I'm not talking about just like the the main basketball sequence that's in a, a video game. That's whatever. I mean that's Magic World. But just when he the kid is showing off his video game. The video game doesn't make any sense. The way <laughs> streaming or anything works doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of stupid in the movie. Um, but that being said, putting my head into a kid watching it, mm-hmm. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. I think there's enough there of <laughs> just eye candy and interesting characters. And, uh, you know, a- after not being pounded by referential humor for decades like we have like we so grew up heavily with referential humor uh-huh. uh, our generation meaning you know even our, our cartoons and everything they were even more heavily referential than our parents generation especially who barely had them but animaniacs things like that where we've already seen these right. properties lampooned over and over mm-hmm. It's not that exciting anymore. I mean, Family Guy is doing it all the time. 
Simpsons yeah, has been doing it. They've been doing it for decades at this point. Yeah, like we've seen Gone with the Wind parodied through cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I know you have gripes with the with that period, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's the, just they. You know, Casablanca is an Cas- important yeah, universe Casablanca. that I'm glad WB is not forgetting because everyone <laughs> wants to relive it constantly. It's so dumb. I'm. I mean, it's obviously for the parents, but the fact that like Yosemite Sam is in that they pick him up from Casablanca. Because the main character's name is Sam. Like, that's it. You, <laughs> Why? Because there's no, like, movie where there's a Gold Rush character or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you just pick this stupid thing because his name's Sam. It's dumb. But that being said, I could see a kid not being jaded by any of that and a lot of it being fun. Right. Yeah. Um, a, kid, a kid seeing another slightly older kid making his own video game. And being like, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. I wish my dad was super rich so I could have three <laughs> monitors and a powerful PC to yeah. build my own video game. I know. I was making fun of it while watching it when they're like, you know, like, your son did, made a video game and he did it all on his own. And it's like, dude, he has like a camera that 3D scans things <laughs> and uh, like all this shit. Like, yeah, I'm no yeah. shit he did it. Uh, but that, but, and speaking but of also, LeBron, like, that it is impressive for a kid that young to be making his own game that looks like that if he didn't use some sort of like pre-made tools and and uh, assets yeah it's like lebron dude your kid is amazing actually like very talented if this is what he's done (laughs) yeah give him some credit yeah Uh, which i will say that that storyline like it's a strong storyline narratively but um one lebron james just sucks like (laughs) no charisma if you ask me Uh as as far as an actor i know as a basketball player obviously he has tons of charisma but just did not enjoy watching him on screen and then the fact that his character is kind of an asshole the whole time i don't think Uh that's the you want your main character should have flaws. Uh-huh. That is a movie. Yeah. But we are talking about a movie that doesn't give a fuck about story and like <laughs> being good anyway. Uh yeah. like just make him cool. Yeah. But he yeah. was like a real like just a a grumpy old man character out of touch old man character i'm like is that what we want to see is lebron james be the bad guy for the movie yeah and also like ultimately the message is like when the the problem can be resolved by just simply speaking to your child but instead Listening it's like to the movie is about like how you don't know how to speak to your child and decide i'm gonna beat them at their own game fuck my kid instead <laughs> of just explain to him like hey you know, uh, if we lose, we'll be stuck in here forever. Yeah. Pretty simple. Pretty simple sentence game, to understand. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and I just hate the algae rhythm joke. Like, I'm an algorithm, so my name's algae rhythm. Yeah. It's I, like, they kept yeah, saying it, and it was like, okay, you're, you keep saying his full name, but, like, it doesn't get funnier. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, it's been a, a South Park joke, I think, even. <laughs> really? Like, shit. Somewhere there was Al Gore rhythm, where it was like, yes, it's the Al Gore rhythm. It's what will save the world. Like, there was some storyline joke like that in South Park or somewhere. So, yeah. It's, it is very stupid. I think, um, yeah, maybe this would be more fun if Ready Player One never came out. But it I wouldn't. think like Ready I Player... think it wouldn't because Ready Player One still utilizes those things in a better way. I think. Than this oh, it's way movie. better, but yeah. at least we wouldn't have seen it ever. So True. it would have been like, okay, yeah. at least it's novel, even though it's yeah. Because this one um, is just lesser. It's a lesser version of that. So everything is like, oh no, but it did it way better. So why even yeah. try? Yeah, made a lot more sense too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think that the water guy wouldn't it be funny if the water fire guy when he's in water form it's just sweat all of that water is just sweat oh my god he was so disgusting and so wet I <laughs> yeah. laughed every time he came on screen every every time he, he walks so through a character and they just get drenched I was like yeah. that's so fucking disgusting <laughs> He could probably kill someone really easily, <laughs> yeah. right? He's just like, like he's like, you better guard that guy. He's like, I'll guard him. And then he just surrounds him with his water. They're yeah. trying to breathe and they're trying to move <laughs> and he just keeps following them. So they drown. That would be it's cool. It's like uh, Elmer That's Fudd. Dying. Oh, God. And uh, the rap scene. Oh. <laughs> Elmer Fudd. Or Porky Pig's rap. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, no. uh, did you, I also appreciated that they ripped off the uh, Fox X-Men Quicksilver bit with the the fast character Kronos. Oh, yeah. They're like, let's just do that. I'm yeah. kind of sick of those. I get that yeah. it is the, like, it's the move if you have a fast character, uh-huh. and it's all about execution at the end of the day, but I, yeah. I'm still, like, most of the time, I'm that, that wasn't a particularly... Good, good use of yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, also, it's weird because, like, he's moving fast, but Roadrunner doesn't move fast. But I feel like Roadrunner would also move, like, at normal speed with that guy because Roadrunner is fast naturally. I think Roadrunner was moving a little bit faster than everyone else, but they, like, didn't make that a point of that. Like, I thought that was going to be the drama of him. Uh-huh. doing that and showing up was like oh roadrunner now it's like this battle between them and roadrunner will like be trying and be almost as fast yeah but that doesn't really happen yeah um oh also at one point the sun the sun travels he like slides under a character's legs and doesn't dribble the ball so he's a fucking cheater Okay. He's just che- no. He programmed the game to cheat. And yeah, so he could cheat. Not be real. My character can slide, guys. <laughs> can we? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's that's Space Jam. Yeah, and that is the jam. Um, yeah, I think good for kids, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a classic by any means. But it's it, they should make it a cinematic universe, though. Um, <laughs> it it is. I think they already did. Yeah. You know what, what they're missing is they're missing Tiny Toons. 
Okay. The mm. superior tunes, Tiny Tunes. Yeah. That was the that was the they shit need to we be were there. growing up. How come they haven't come back? Where are they? Yeah, you'd right? think you'd see them in the background. Yeah. Like in least. the audience instead of the droogs. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is they also don't have the WB store anymore. Which, remember that? Mm-hmm. Growing up at the mall, they would always have a WB store. That was just oh, all yeah, was like WB products. Store. Yeah, but, but with WB. They had like a like a Looney Tunes rocket ship that you could go inside. And now it's a web store. So <laughs> yeah. that's fun. That's just as fun. Uh, so yeah, that's Space Jam. Why don't we move on to our feature review? Does that sound good? Yeah, definitely. All right, it's our feature review of Netflix's Gunpowder Milkshake. All right, everybody, let's talk about Gunpowder Milkshake. This is directed by Navot Papushado, and this is Three Generations of Women Fight Back Against Those Who Could Take Everything From Them. I, again, don't like that IMDb synopsis. <laughs> I don't think that's great. This stars uh, Karen Gillan, Carla Gugino, Lena Headey, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, who else we got in here? It's great cast. Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Paul, Angela Paul Bassett. E. G. Good old Polly G. Um, uh, action movie. People have been calling it kind of a John Wick with Karen Gillan. Uh, that's something I've heard thrown around. So Chris, what did you think of Gunpowder Milkshake? And what kind of food other than a milkshake do you think it is? Oh shit! Can't say. It. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. It's, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It's, it's kind of one of those movies where the trailer makes it seem like it would be very cool, but you're like cautiously optimistic. You're like, well, I don't really know too much about the director or the writer, so I don't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I thought I was like pleasantly surprised and, uh, really ended up enjoying it a lot. I think that I think we were talking about before, but uh, comparing it to to uh, John Wick is kind of in not the right way to relate it to something. I guess story wise, the structure of the universe and how hitmen work, it mm-hmm. is very similar to John Wick, but like that's it. The, yeah, Hotel Artemis. Type yeah, of thing yeah, bit. Hotel Artemis. It's like. The, the way there's like the structure to the hierarchy of hitmen and, you know, mob bosses and all that stuff. But um, the fight choreography is just like really fun and entertaining. And in a way that's not brutal like John Wick and like tiring kind of how it's like it's exhausting mm-hmm. to watch. This is more like highly a, a skilled. Fun, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Funny. Yeah, agile, articulate, and, like, they make good use of, like, props on the set and, like, weapons and stuff like that. So, uh, it's almost like a cartoon in that Mm -hmm. sense. And the shots are really cool with it, too. But, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's funny because the movie is called, you know, Gunpowder Milkshake. 
and I've had a gunpowder milkshake. They're disgusting. No, but uh, <laughs> it it's like um, it is like a sweet treat. You know, this movie is like um, I've had. I think my favorite type of ice cream. I think I've already said this one though, but it's just like sometimes it's just getting vanilla with like the confetti sprinkles. You know, mm-hmm. just like very, you know, straightforward pleasant treat uh i kind of feel like that's that's how i would describe this movie cool yeah like not a it's not a fish food that's yeah cra- crazy blew your mind but it's solid all right very good yes gunpowder milkshake the john wick uh descriptions or i forget what other movies people had uh said atomic like, blonde, oh, it'll be like right? this atomic blonde yeah and I even had a friend who said they turned it off because the action wasn't what they were expecting. And I think they were oh. expecting something like uh, John Wick's choreography or The Raid, where things are really brutal, like high-level stunt people and combat yeah. experts. Uh-huh. Which, this movie isn't that, but that's not, that's a really high bar anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you know what I thought this movie reminded me of is uh, another Paul Giamatti, Pauly G movie, Shoot 'Em Up. With shoot 'Em Up. Owen. Yes, it, there's some similarities. Yeah, to it's shoot got the up. the level of like they're always kind of joking, and it's like a fun action that's mm-hmm. like ridiculous at, at times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's not to say that the shooting, uh, that action is bad. You know, it's just right. it isn't necessarily that. But I don't think that's its greatest strength either. This movie is just really fun. The characters are fun. Everybody's got some witty remark to make. I don't think the dialogue is quite as firecracker, or at least like the rhythm, uh, or both those things together aren't as firecracker as what i think it's sort of bred from which is almost that tarantino style like this movie could have came out around the same time as boondock saints and Uh felt like it made sense that it did okay well you know it just like it it sits somewhere in that but i think it is better than what a lot of those type of tarantino clones Uh were um but yeah it feels a lot like that it's just like a cool world. They make a super cool world with super cool characters and the action is fun and cartoonish. Like you said, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, Cause there's some fight scenes that I think aren't necessarily, you know, on that John wick or atomic blonde level of choreography yeah. in terms of brutality. But as far as choreography as in entertainment mm-hmm. and silliness, and, and still like the being complexity of mm-hmm. what they're actually doing. Yeah, there's some standout fights. Um, we'll get into spoilers later with those. Um, but yeah, I think overall, just it's one of those movies where you're however many minutes in, 15, 20, and you're like, oh, I love this movie. This is really fun. Yeah. Uh, and that's happened before with movies where, you, with me, I'm trying to remember which ones. Like Psycho Goreman or uh, Shadow in the Clouds, where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I could feel myself enjoying this. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so, really loved it. I will say this movie is like a Butterfinger. Because it is just like, 
trashy sweetness that you're like, oh my god, this is like so stupid that I'm eating this, whatever <laughs> this is, whatever Butterfinger yeah. is, but it's so good, and <laughs> for be- being this good, it deserves our respect. <laughs> uh, so I would say go check it out. It's a good time. The first fight scene, though, isn't even for a long time into the movie. That's yeah. when I knew this. it wasn't going to be that. Right. You know, it was just like, okay, this is taking too long. Um, not a problem, but just taking too long to be a movie where fights are on that level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's move into spoilers. I say go check it out. Um, I want to talk about the two standout fight scenes, or I would say action scenes for me, were one, the dentist office taped hand scene. Yes. Uh, actually, also, before we talk about this, I, I would say that the Karen Gillan fight scenes are the best. And where this movie falters is when they focus on other characters. Like, that's where I felt mm. like I lost interest. It's kind of like near the end when they're having the other characters fight. I'm like, yeah, they're not as interesting. They're a lot easier of like fight choreography because obviously they're not training for this they're kind of just yeah showing up and filming a little bit older yeah kind of that kind of like took me out of what made the first half of this movie more special i think Mm. yeah and it is kind of like uh the mini little mini fights that you know don't don't matter as much right Um, yeah but some cool stuff there yeah. Um, but, like, I think my. I didn't love the bowling alley fight. Okay. I think there was a lot of cool stuff to it, like using the bowling ball and the um, the suitcase. And there were cool things, but I think that's the one where it showed. It showed its weaknesses more of the choreography, or at least, like, the skill in pulling off the choreography. It felt speed uh-huh. ramped. Like they were moving, you know, slow or average pace to get through it, but then sped up in camera to make it look cool, Yeah. Uh, which I understand. It's like, that's really hard to get that down, especially with somebody who's not like a trained martial artist their entire life, you know, even if they have been training for years with MCU stuff and all that. Um, so that fight scene, I just didn't feel like, I feel like it was trying to be the uh, John Wick level choreography, the raid level choreography, but just uh-huh. didn't have the meat to back it up. While yeah. something like the um, limp hands taped weapons scene is like you can't you can't do that anywhere else. Only this uh-huh. movie did that, and it did it really well. It was inventive yeah. and funny, but also had action, or uh-huh. like had solid brutal action. True. True, yeah. I I think I did I guess I was not expecting the bowling fight scene to be as fun as it ended up being. So I was more like, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised with how much I'm enjoying it. But what sealed mm-hmm. the deal for me is that shortly after that, she's chasing after the four men wearing the the different monster masks and then she kills yeah. the one wearing the vampire mask with a wooden stake in the heart and i was like yeah this is awesome right yeah it's very like stuff like that is those little touches are throughout the movie 
Yeah. Then make it really fun. And she gets yeah. shot in the arm and doesn't flinch. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's I really think cool. Just Karen Gillan is awesome in general. And uh, I, I, I'm glad that she had a movie like this to like really, I don't know, shine in that sense. But um, yeah. And oddly, she's... a similar character to uh, Nebula. Right. But I don't. Nebula never really gets the chance to do this type of action that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's definitely like ratcheted up more. But any, most of Nebula's stuff is seems to be a lot of like wire work kicks. And, you know, this is like, right. this is a different level of action. Yeah. 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 And like, um, you know, she was obviously in uh, Doctor Who for a while. And that was oh, cool. That's right. Uh, but also, she was on uh, NTSF SD SUV, the uh, Adult Swim Paul Shear mm-hmm. NCIS ripoff uh, spoof show, and she was really really funny on that show, and so mm-hmm. that's why I'm always just surprised that she doesn't do more comedic stuff because she was really good in that show too. Yeah. So that this, so that, this yeah, stuff Neb- Nebula is yeah. a funny character, but it is True, like yeah. kind of deceptively funny. Yeah, yeah. She's she's more funny because she's like the odd one out, kind of, or like doesn't understand what's going on. And awkward. Yeah, it's kind of like pretty, could be pretty girl funny. Passed off as that. <laughs> uh oh, the letters from feminists are gonna come get me now. No, you know what I mean. I won't explain yeah. myself. Sh- sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. And then the second standout's action scene is the driving scene. Just oh, from yeah. a like story standpoint, the 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 driving and everything is cool like visually, but the fact that it just everything gets worse and worse. Okay, she has to control the wheel. Great. We can do this. Oh, the Russians have come. Now we really have to do this. That is just perfect storytelling of getting me thinking, okay, how the hell are they going to do this? You know, this movie just can't seem to be boring. True. A a Karen Gillan was also in Selfie uh, with John Cho. That was a comedy yeah actually i totally forgot about that i love that show too yeah that was a really funny show show. and i thought she was very funny in that show as well yeah for real but yeah that car scene just on a narrative standpoint was like made me question all my choices as a writer i was like okay (laughs) this is like a, a new gold standard and actually leading into this weekend i didn't do it but i told myself you know what i'm gonna try to do is have a notebook when I watch a movie and just take like one writing takeaway from it, good or good or bad, whatever it is, just try to do that. Nothing crazy. That way I could still enjoy the movies, but you know, just like write it down. What my writer takeaway was from, from it. And then this movie just came and had like a really strong one, uh, with, with this scene, I was like, okay, I'm going to write that down and like have that as my example to kind of, so I'm thinking a train chase where the conductor doesn't have a mouth and needs to eat a hot dog. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what's happening. 
yeah. Yeah, that, that car scene was great because, yeah, like you were saying, it's like she she already goes through this whole ordeal where she fights a bunch of dudes without being able to use her arms. And then after that, you, you keep thinking like, okay, so now her arms should be working, right? So they're going to get away. Her arms work again. And they're like, oh, no, they still don't work. Mm-hmm. And then she gets in the car and you're like, well, how they're going to do they're going to have the girl drive. And you're like, OK, well, they're going to say sense. drive and then she's going to drive awkwardly and then they'll be there at the next scene. And you're like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> they have to fight yeah. all these guys now. This is crazy. Yeah, they're really doing it. Um, yeah, that was definitely like my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like once they got to her mom, it like slowed down and then it just became this. I don't know. I I just was not as into it, I feel like, as I was the first half before mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Not to say that it wasn't good. It's just I think it having to share the screen time with the other characters was, like, making it less special. Yeah, which it is, as we saw with that IMDb listing, it is, and with the posters, like, even uh, my fiancé Andy said like when is the girl power gonna start or something or like when is the girl team isn't this about a girl Uh, team they're not together yeah so by the time at the end when they finally got together she was like oh good but uh it's kind of sold like that and i think it is never that at the same time yeah so i'd rather it just be more uh karen gillen not that like they are really cool but yeah i felt like there was no there wasn't as much of a team aspect with all of them. Yeah. Just there, there are separate fights that they were doing. Uh, and it was, you know, once, but at the same time, I expected that going into it. Just, you know, you're not going to get those actresses doing multiple fights. Yeah. Yeah. definitely. Uh, but yeah, I did like a lot of that stuff. The, uh, uh, the chain gun, in the van, in the ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles van, I was like, yeah. as she was in there, I was like, wait, is that it? Is that what I think it is? And then she pops it out. I was like, yes, yeah, that's definitely. awesome. Yeah. Um, gosh, what was I gonna say? Oh well, it's weird because like the the posters don't show the little girl either, like at all. The promotional oh material. right yeah i didn't i didn't know chloe coleman i think is her name uh i didn't know she was going to be in it then once she uh popped on screen i was like oh there's that you don't put that girl in movies and have her just be a small part <laughs> she's gonna yeah. be in the rest of this movie cool yeah the other thing is like um it talking about like the other older actresses doing action scenes in it it's like it kind of makes me appreciate John Wick more too in that mm-hmm. they will have these like big celebrity cameos but they don't have them do some action scene that's not going to be as good they just have them there oh, and right. you know like oh Lawrence Fishburne don't fuck with this guy i don't need you to show me i already know mm-hmm. and then you're you're like okay cuz if they do it's got to be really good and they can't just waste it on some bullshit yeah yeah, that's very true. That is a kind of a, a good thing about it. Although Michelle Yeoh definitely still had uh, a lot of good chops, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's 
fucking people up on a daily basis, I'm sure. She just she's like <laughs> goes in for a, ta- a daily fight every morning, trade to trade. 20 guys show up at her house <laughs> and she takes yeah. them out. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, but the, uh, Angela Bassett and uh, Carla Gugino, not yeah. so much. Uh, but still, cool, very cool uh, group, these librarians, all in their different colored. Like, they were all like Power Rangers by the end of it. Even Karen Gillan, uh, the girl, the little girl, and her mom. Each one of them had like a specific color they were wearing that was like yeah. super loud. Yeah. They definitely looked like they had their like team outfits on. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it like Lena Headey was great, I thought, too, in her scenes. She got to kick Yeah, they ass. had a good action scenes. And yeah. I think that's what, what makes that work is that they're together. You know, so I think if you had all of them in the same room, kind of like when Michelle Yeoh does save them with the chain, uh-huh. uh, when the last guy shows up, yeah. I think that would have been the key to it. That's what I want to see is yeah. like the all of them. Shots you know? and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the, I mean, they only give you that one, that one take that like goes down the uh, diner when they're all like fighting all the people at once. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yes, more of this, please. Yeah. This is it. This is yeah. what we want to watch. It's like power Rangers. This movie's like power Rangers. <laughs> they don't get There's to transform until the There's very colors. end. And then it's cool. That's how they go. Yeah, what uh anything else about this movie that you want to talk about? Uh I think that is it. Yeah, uh high recommend. This is just the type of fun movie. I think we got a lot of fun movies like this at the beginning of the year. And yeah, then, true. Then slowed it kind down. of felt like it slowed down a lot. Now this feels like a return to just fun, silly original stuff yeah because because right now it's like we're just getting a resurgence of all the blockbusters because all the movies are coming out to theaters again yeah so it's like just back to normal in terms of weekly big budget movies yeah fuck bring us back to those indie days where that was popping it's our I need, own fault i need more uh, haunted jeffrey epstein horror movies <laughs> yeah give us several more with that premise <laughs> all right well that's gunpowder milkshake like we said netflix uh even if uh you want to watch you didn't watch it and you listen to this whole thing i think you'd still enjoy it watching it uh next week big movie biggest movie of the lifetime gi joe origins snake eyes i think that's going to be our feature review is that right I believe so. Yeah. 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 There, there's a couple other interesting things happening next week too, that we'll probably end up watching, but this is yeah. uh, probably going to be our review. Jolt, the uh, Kate Beckinsale action movie. That's interesting to come out right, uh, right after this movie. Huge. Another female led uh, John Wick style action movie. Incredibly huge. Yeah. Um, the M. Night Shyamalan's old. M. Night Shyamalan is old. It's coming out. <laughs> it's 
just an hour and a half of him aging in front of you. <laughs> uh, no, that's another uh, Alex Wolf movie. So yeah, he's getting it. Um, yeah, a lot of exciting things. But uh, make sure you go check out Snake Eyes in the theaters. That way you can listen to our review on it. Chris, where can they find you? I am uh, Rebirth Project on Twitter. Check it uh, out. Gonna, Send us tweets. Were we going to talk about um, the double oh, feature yeah, yeah. and sequel ideas? Yeah. my uh, They'll both be for Space Jam for me. But, okay. Uh, now you go first for <laughs> sequel. <laughs> Are we do- or are we going to do Space Jam? Is that what we're doing? I, I have a uh, just a um, double feature for Space Jam, which I will okay. reveal, but I'll have one for this as well. Is it is it not Ready Player One or Space Jam One? It's not. Okay. I'm just trying to think. I didn't think of one for Space Jam, but I'm trying to think. I got I it. Do. I'll do. Okay. For, so, well, for, for Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, I already talked about Shoot 'em Up, but I think that would be a very good... That's a good one. Uh, double feature. And then the sequel idea is I was going to say they should do a, a crossover with Clive Owen. They have to team up with Clive Owen. Oh, hell yeah. And and fight the same Paul Giamatti. He's somehow the same character from both movies. <laughs> that was my old life. Yeah. Uh, I would say my double feature would be Firefights. Uh, Firefight was Allison, not Allison Brie, uh, Brie Larson is in that movie. And so is disgraced actor, uh, cannibal actor, uh, God damn it. <laughs> Army Hammer. Oh, the one where that's like, there's like a, Maybe. you have to like sell something, some guns or something. Yeah, is that what it's even called? Fire? Free Fire, I think is what it's called. <laughs> it might be Free Fire. Hold, please, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it is. Charlotte Copley. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's actually That's a pretty a cool one. movie. All pretty much takes place in a warehouse. Uh-huh. A bunch of different... There's like It's like a movie where there's a bunch of different groups of of gang members, and every group you're like, Oh, that actor's in this. Oh, that actor's yeah. in this. So many actors. And, uh, hey, it's including pretty silly. Uh, the doctor from Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, is he in it? He's he's like the seventh build character on the list. Oh, wow. So, I really Michael need my Smiley. stuff here. Yeah, you got it. Not bad. I might have to watch it again. And uh, for Space Jam, Uncle Drew. This is the movie uh, where Kyrie Irving dresses up as an old guy, Uncle Drew, oh, and yeah. plays basketball. It was based off a Sprite commercial. <laughs> Pardon. It's based off a Sprite commercial. Uh, not a great movie, but very fun if you like basketball. And that's that. Well, that's our double features. And and Lil Rel is in that movie, too. Yeah. So there you go. Full circle with Space Jam double features. (laughs) Lil Rel is and should be in everything. That's true. That's true. And we'll see you next week. You can check out my stuff at JoeCabello.com, including uh, links to my Etsy store to get paperbacks of Bottoms Up Hard Liquor, my horror comic. But we'll see you next week. 
Give us a share, everybody.